0: And good evening to you all. We are still in the middle of discussing the halachas of Bechas morning brachas that we say every single morning. Soon after we've woken up, we went through the procedure of the brachas up until the end of Bechas but we still have some relevant areas of halacha with regards to Bechas to complete. And then we have to move on to Bechas and omnud's from there. Bihashaka can only be said after Chatsois at night, meaning even if a person went to sleep and woke up before Chatzois, before midnight, if they then said Bichas Hashacha, they said all the brachas of and Sekhvi, etc. Before Chatsois, they have not fulfilled the obligation of saying Bichas Hashacha, and they have to repeat it later on towards the morning. If however they said it after Chatsois, then their their and they do not need to repeat it. The bracha is best not to be said until the morning because really is referring to the sound of the cockerel, which makes the sound at the time of dawn. So if you're going to make that bracha before dawn, then you're making a bracha on something which hasn't yet quite happened. But even that, but if you did say it, you wouldn't repeat it. We wouldn't repeat it. If a person forgot to say before davening, then he can say after davening. There's no fixed order, though we primarily say bichos ha first thing in the morning when we get up or when we come to shul, which is a, the prevalent minig at the moment uh, here in Ashkenaz. But if you forgot to say it in the morning, you can say it afterwards. And you can say it as long as one's able to double shachis, then one ideally can say bichos Some people say you can even say it for the rest of the day. But... Definitely for the time that one's allowed to dabba shachas, which is until the end of the fourth hour of the day, or the until chatzoy, you can definitely say b'chus ha can be said sitting down. You do not need to be standing when you say b'chus is a minik to stand during b'chus and there's even a minik from the makkah Chaim which says that you should stand when the shliach is saying the brachas aloud inside shul, uh, you should stand. That the, the congregation should stand whilst the shlech tzibur says those brachas. and that's the minig in our shul. It's a very interesting minig because it's very unusual, and it's you don't find it in many places. But in our shul, you will see that when the shat says, when the shliach tzibur says the briches hashachah, then all the tzibur are standing because that's the minig in, 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 in seems to be the minig of Ashkenaz, like the mekarechayim, that we stand when the, sh- the shat says his bracha. You go to any other shul, they're probably not even listening to the shat's, let alone standing. But that's very much the in our shul. Somebody who hard of hearing is able to say the brach of even though the brach of ben and Hasech is triggered by the sound of the cockerel making the morning call at the time of the dawn, and uh, somebody's hard of hearing can't hear that, but that doesn't matter. The brach is part and parcel of... The And one says it even if one's not able to hear And if somebody's uh, short-sighted Or not able to see He can still make the bracha Because the bracha is a general bracha It's a bracha on, on the general Amazingness that Kodesh Gave mankind That are able to see With their eyes And even if one particular person Is not able to see But the bracha is still a bracha Praise for the Rabbani Shleilam there's a meaning which is interesting, which not all Ashkenaz have, but there's a meaning which is amongst many in Ashkenaz, that on Yemaki Purim and Tishabov, a day that we do not wear shoes, that they don't say the bracha of Sha'as Khalsaki, If you recall from the previous year, Sha'as Kosaki is said when you put your shoes on. Even though today we say it in shul, but it's a bracha which was in- introduced so that we can give praise to the HaKadosh Baruch for enabling us to wear shoes. Shoes is Sha'as not having shoes is a sign of, of, of complete poverty. And therefore, Tisha and Yom Kippur, some people are the not to say Shahosalik Kosaki. Some people don't say it in Tisha but they will say it in the Motzi Tisha when they, when they take their Tisha B'Av and their shoes off and they put their leather shoes back on, then they will make the bracha of Kosaki. That doesn't seem to be the Minic prevalent throughout Ashkenaz, and I don't think in our shul that's the, the Minic. Or HaShukhan tells us, and the Mishnah Baruch HaVas seems to agree with that, that women are obligated to say B'chis HaShachah. It's, it's not a bracha which is obligatory just for men. It's a responsibility for women to say B'chis in the morning too. And therefore every woman should be ideally saying B'chis I would like to, but I don't think we're going to get there because in two weeks' time, I think the, uh, the Ladies Guild have uh, arranged for a free Purim. Shir, so we're going to be missing one of our shurim. I would have liked to have got to the list of what is ideal for women to be davening every single day, what's the obligation for them to daven every single day, but we may not get there today, and in two weeks' time, as I said, is the pre-Purim Shir, and in four weeks' time is the pre-Pesach Shir, so I'm afraid we're going to probably end up losing that part of the Shir. If we're lucky, we'll get there tonight. If not, we'll try and find some other time to push it in. If a person hasn't said Bechas Hashacha, then he can say it in the middle of de Dezimrah as long as he's in between the different parts of Psukkah Dezimrah. So in between the Halalukas, he's allowed to say the Bechas Hashacha. But once he's finished de Dezimrah and he's already said the, began the brochas of Bechas Krishma, then he can't say Bechas Hashacha. He has to wait till after the end of Davening. Part of Bichasa Shacha, as we discussed in the previous Shurim, is to say Shama Shoma. And is a bracha which we say to give thanks to Hu, to give praise to Hakkadish for returning our Neshama. And therefore, we can only say Lakaina Shoma if one sleeps at night. If one doesn't sleep, then one can't say Lakaina Shama. If a person forgot to say Lakaina Shoma before davening, then here's a very interesting halacha post-davening, he can't say Lakaina Shoma. Because according to some, you've fulfilled your obligation on the bracha Lakaina Shama by saying the Shemone Esra of the bracha of Mechayim Mesim. the second bracha in Shemone Esra, is the bracha of Esim. By saying that bracha, you've already given praise to Hakadosh Baruch Hu for the concept of returning the neshamas back to each one of us every single morning. And if you look at the bracha of Mechayim Mesim, it's very interesting. It's written in the present. It's not written in the future. Hashem Hamisim in the present. Hakadosh Baruch Hu revives the dead. And therefore, it must be referring to something that's already happening now. Because the Bracha is constantly reviving the dead, and therefore, there's a, a a nuance here in the Bracha which refers to the returning of the Nisham every single morning when a person wakes up. And therefore, by saying that Bracha, one has already. Fulfilled his obligation of praising Hakadosh Baruch Hu for returning the neshama. So you can't repeat Elkan Neshama anymore. It would be considered a bracha of And therefore, if one forgot to say Elkan Neshama before davening, one doesn't repeat the Elkan Neshama after davening. If a person slept shishim Neshimais, sixty breaths at night, that's sufficient to be considered sleeping. To be able to say the kind of shoma. Very unclear halacha. There's a number of different opinions as to what the parameters of shishim neshimais are. How long is shishim neshimais? The accepted minog is that shishim neshimais is roughly half an hour. So if a person sleeps for half an hour sometime during the night, that's sufficient to be considered slept and can say the kind of the next morning. Now I'm going to digress slightly now just for a couple of moments and go through a halacha, which is not part of Bichas HaShachah, but very relevant to it. And that's the obligation that the Shulchan Aruch tells us, that each person has to say 100 brachas every single day. We spoke about it during the pandemic. A 100 brachas every single day is a protection. It's a protection for magefa prevents the magefas from entering into Klal Yisrael. So it opens up the... Well springs of bracha from Shemayim, and therefore we end up being recipients of the wonderful bracha. A hundred gates of brachas are in Shemayim, which are opened every time we say one of those brachas every day. By saying a hundred brachas, we're opening up those hundred gates and we can become the recipients of those brachas. And therefore the Halakha tells us that we should say a hundred brachas every single day. Interestingly enough, the Paskim tell us that this obligation is only for a man. It's not an obligation for a woman. So, despite the fact that my share here tonight is primarily for women, but since many men do listen to share as well, so I'm going to go through the hundred brachos because it's very interesting. The hundred brachos starts off with the day, as we know, the day starts off by night and then day. The day follows a night in Jewish, in the Jewish day it starts off with the night and then to, then the day. Today, tonight is Monday night, but it's really Tuesday evening in the Jewish Canada. It's already the day of Tuesday tonight. So therefore, our 100 bracha starts off from nightfall until tomorrow nightfall. And the one bracha that we all say at night, or one is supposed to say at night, it's not part of our discussion right now, something we should discuss in the future, but that's a bracha of Hamapil. Before one goes to sleep, one says a bracha on sleeping, which is the bracha of Hamapil, Shein No So that's a bracha which we say, that's bracha number one. In the morning we say, which is the brachas that we've discussed, that takes us to three brachas. Then, takes us to four brachas. Then we have 16 brachas of that takes us to 20 brachas. We then have two brachas of and we're going to call it two. That like it takes us twenty-two brachos. We then have for a man the bracha on Sitzes. and two brachos on tfillin. So that's twenty-five brachos. de Zimra has two brachos to it. Brach Shama and Yishtabach. That's twenty-seven brachos. We then have eight brachos of Biches Krishma, That's four in, in three, four at night and three in, in in the day. Four at night and three in the day. That makes. That makes 20, what does that make? I've lost count already. Makes 34 broches We then have three times Schwein every day. Three times every day is 34, is another 57 broches because 19 times three is 57. So 34 plus 57 makes 84, makes 80, makes 91. A person washes at least once a day, So that's another four brachas. That's 95 brachas. And then you have uh, some other, many other brachas that we say throughout the day. You have ashiotza, that a person says every time they go to the bathroom, and every time we take a drink, and every time we eat some food, and you've got other meals that you eat, you're going to eat two to three meals a day, so you end up with another bunch of brachas, you end up with way over a 100 brachas easily without too much difficulty, and that's says the Chaim is a very simple count, which most not, most people are able to fulfill very simply in, in a given day. Where it becomes a bit more complicated is the Shabbos. Shabbos, we don't say three Shwein Eshris of 19 brachas. We say four Shwein Eshris of seven brachas. So we're missing quite a number of of uh, brachas. You may have more brachas of B'richas because we wash three times on Shabbos. You don't really wash three times on a normal day. But you're, you're going to be short of a few brachas. You're going to be short of a few brachas on on, a, on any given Shabbos. According to the Chavez Chaim, you're probably going to be short of 13 brachas. If you're going to be short of 13 brachas, that's a number of brachas that needs to be completed on a Shabbos. And therefore, the Mishnah advises for a person to eat extra foods, paris and, and other things to be able to complete his 100 brachas. I remember one of my sons was once playing with a friend in Gateshead, and it was a Shabbos afternoon, and the child, the little boy wanted to have a piece of chocolate, so he knocked on his father's door, who his father was learning in the room, and he asked his father, can I have a piece of chocolate? So his father said, have you finished your hundred brachas yet today? She said, yes. She says, so why do you want a piece of chocolate? The only reason why he could understand a child having a piece of chocolate is to fulfill his hundred brachas. I don't know whether the child did or didn't have the, the, the piece of chocolate, but it's fascinating that the concept of 100 brochas was inculcated into this little boy, and they were only young, at a very young age. Yom we have more brochas because our Esra has extra brochas in it, and we have an extra Shmoyin Esra in the ilah, so all we're missing is only three Brokhas, and that's where the minute comes from, Shmoyin Esra, in, in Yom Kippur, to send around besamim through the base of Medrash, so people can say an extra brachas, a few extra brachas on b'somim throughout the day, and that way they can be mashlim, their hundred brachas. And that's a, a, a beautiful piece of halacha that the Shulchan tells us, and the Chaim enumerates the hundred brachas that each one of us should be saying every day, primarily men, women are not obligated to say it, according to most poskim. But it's a wonderful thing, even though. Let's move on now to the next part of the morning brachas, which is b'chisatoyah, the brachas of b'chisatoyah. Bechasatari is an obligation for men and for women. Despite the fact that a woman has no obligation to learn tayir, she still makes the bracha Bechasatari in the morning for one of two reasons. Either because, as the Prima Godin tells us, women do have an obligation to learn, they have an obligation to learn the halachas which are relevant to women. So any halacha which is relevant to a woman. A woman has an obligation to learn so they should know the halachas. A person has an obligation to go to a sheer halachasheer so they can understand the halachas. And therefore, the Torah learning is relevant to women as well as it's relevant to men. Men have a specific mitzvah to learn Torah, which women don't. But there is a relevance of learning to women which, which, which demands that they should be learning Torah and therefore obligates them to say every single morning and therefore men and women both have to say in the morning there's another understanding in the later commentaries that the bracha is not a bracha for the mitzvah of lima but a bracha on toyer it's a bracha on toyer and toyer is a wonderful present which HaKashvach gave us gave all of us men, women, children all of us we're given that present. So every morning when we awaken, we make a bracha on the Torah, the bracha on this beautiful present. And that's the bichas HaToy that we say each morning. And that that bracha, that present, was given to men and women too. And therefore both men and women have to make the bracha of every single morning. The bichas is made up of two brachas. The is made up of two brachas. The first bracha is Asher Kiddishanah B'Mitzvay it's one bracha. It's not two separate brachas. And therefore, we say, most of us, with a vav. A vav is a letter that combines and joins together the previous sentence or the previous words to the coming words. And therefore, the vav tells us that the first half of the bracha and the second half of the bracha is really one continuous bracha. And therefore, we do not say main after the completion of the first broka. We say Asheklish says one of last sakh with we do not say omin because we this is still a the brocha has not quite yet finished. Baharebn Hashem alakenu is a continuation. So we'll only say omen at the end of that bracha. And when you get to the Ama Yisrael, that's when we we'll say Omin. That's one Bracha. The second Bracha is Ashabha Bonami Kala Amin but is Toyosoy. That's the second bracha. So there's two brachas in B'chus In the middle of the first bracha, we add in the words, anachnu amcho. Let us, and our children, and our children's children, we should all know and understand who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. That means we should all understand the words of Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because a person can't know HaKadosh Baruch Hu without learning Torah. And therefore we, we, it's, it's the, the first place, first thing in the morning where we dub them not only for ourselves, but we dub them for all our children, our grandchildren and all offsprings and all of Clarissa, that they should be people that learn Torah and understand what the Torah obligates us and understand who Akash Hu is. But what's very interesting is that before we make a thriller, before we say this brochu and thriller for our children, we have to add the word vineer and and precedes the And the reason for that is because it's not possible for our children or our grandchildren to be great in learning or great in 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 Hashem or any aspect of the service to Hakadosh Baruch if they don't have an example from their parents. And therefore, we first start with Hakadosh Baruch Let us be Let us know Your name. Let us recognize who you are. And then we can daven for our children. But then there's a chance that our twillers will be accepted and our children and our grandchildren will also be able to follow in the same footsteps by osmosis. They'll learn what it means to be people who follow in the way of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then the tfilah has a recipient. We find this again later on in the end of davening, just before we finish davening. Right before the end of davening, we find a very similar concept. In the end of a volatziyayim, we say, hu <inaudible> yiftach he should open up our heart in his Torah. <speaking in Hebrew> he should put in our heart his love and his fear. <speaking in Hebrew> so that we can do and fulfill your will and serve you with a complete heart. And then we finish off and we say, <speaking in Hebrew> So that we shouldn't toil in vain and we shouldn't give birth to emptiness. And here says Mishnabur is another place where we dub for our children. The, man, the wonderful thriller that we should, our, our offspring, our children, grandchildren, all, all of of Israel's children and grandchildren should be people that serve the Rebbein the way they should. But it has to be preceded first with an extra tiller Who yiftach libeinu First us. We double first open our hearts. In Torah, in Aveda in Yerah, in Avo, And then, I heard this what must be about nearly 35 years ago, from Reb Israel Rosenbaum Shlita. He said it at the eifroof of a cousin of ours in Gateshead, And in those days, the Kiddush in Gateshead Shul used to be a sit-down Kiddush. Straight off that, you would walk into the hall and you would sit down for the Kiddush. And now the Kiddush there would be droshes. The Getzad Rob would speak and other invited people would speak and there uh, was really spoke at the Oifrof and he said this, this, this beautiful understanding of the end of a volunteer. What we're doing tonight is we're joining the beginning of davening and the end of davening together. And at the beginning of davening, we we daven for our children, but we have to proceed that first with davening for ourselves. So when we start our day, we have to remember that our example is is of extreme importance for our children to be able for, to enable them to be what they need to be. When we finish davening, we remind ourselves again, Hu And then, Laman Bichas primarily, though we've, we've given two explanations for Bichas but in the understanding of most of the Yushayim and the Pasukim, Bichas is a Bichas mitzvah It's a bracha for the learning of Torah. And every man's obligated to learn Torah, and women have also an obligation, as we mentioned, to learn the, the Torah which is relevant to them, so that they should, they should know how to follow the laws of the Torah. If that's the case, we have a little problem here. Because at, every Bichas mitzvah has to be followed immediately by the Mitzvah. You must follow the bracha with a mitzvah. I can't make a bracha on a lulav and go away and then come back 10 minutes later and shake my lulav. I need to make a bracha and shake the lulav immediately. I can't make a bracha on sitting in my sukkah or eating my matzah and make a break, go off, have a chat, have a conversation, then come back and eat my matzah because the bracha and the mitzvah has to flow together. So then the bichas atayah, if that's a bichas mitzvah, if it's a bracha on the mitzvah of learning tayah also has to be followed by mitzvahs limutayah immediately. And therefore in the, order of the filler of, of, of the brachas of Bichas HaTayah we, we finish off with Sukim from the Tayra, Yevarecha Shemish Yishmarecha, we finish off with the Mishnah of elu Dvarim She'en Lehem She'er HaPayav HaBikurim, Eilu Dvarim She'ad Mecha Vase'en Lehem She'er, Eilu Dvarim The Mishnah from the beginning of Masechtas Pe'ev And the reason why we say those two parts of Teir. One is to say Teir Shevichsav, one is to say Teir Shevap So our bracha should be a bracha both on Teir Shevichsav, which is a written Teir, which is Psukim in the Teir, and the other is to say the oral Teir, which is the Mishnah. And therefore we mention both Teir Shevichsav and Teir Shevap In Teir Shevichsav we mention the Psukim of Yerecha Hashem Mishmerecho, Yo HaShem Pone Velecha Vichonecho, Yesha HaShem Pone Velecha Yosim Lecha because that has three Psukim to it. Like, A person who reads a Sefer Torah mustn't read less than three Pesukim. So too, the minimum Pesukim we ever read in a Sefer Torah is three Pesukim. We never read less than three Pesukim for an Aliyah. So our Bichas HaToyah, which is a bracha primarily on the mitzvah of reading, learning Torah, and when we're talking about Torah Shevich we're talking about reading Torah Shevich sab, so we say three Pesukim. Those are the smallest three Pesukim that we can say, plus they contain within them bracha. Wonderful brachas. So those are the opening psukim that we say immediately after we finish our Vichas We The reason why we mention this Mishnah is because this Mishnah is also mentioned in the Gemara as well. And a Mishnah, which is a Gomorrah as well as a Mishnah, means that we can say a Mishnah, which includes within it a Gomorrah. So we're not just saying Mishnah, we're saying Gomorrah as well. And therefore, we've now made a bracha and immediately learned Torah Shebichsav, Mishnah and Gomorrah, straight following on from our completion of the bracha. And that's the most beautiful way to start. So the bracha is a bracha on my mitzvah lima teriyah, but not just on Torah Shebichsav, on the written Torah, but also on the oral Torah. I'm not just part of the oral Torah, all the oral Torah, Mishnah and Gomorrah as well. person has to say Bechasatoyah before he learns. Every type of Limitatoyah demands Bechasatoyah, whether he's learning Mikra, Tere Shabiksab, Sukim, whether he's learning a Medrash, whether he's learning a Gemara, a Mishnah, or Halacha, or if he's saying Tehillim, one has to first say Bechasatoyah. And even if one's learning Sifri Dikduk, and I have to say the word dik I hope you don't mind, because we used to have a wonderful member in our shul called Stephen Pozen, who every time I said the word dik and I didn't pronounce it right, would look at me and say the words dik-duk. So every time I say the word dik I have to say it properly. So if a person learning sifre dik learning sfarim that talk about grammar, if it's written by a tamik chacham, not written by a... A, a person who is an apostate or anything like that, then that's considered Torah, and he has to say beforehand as well. So every aspect of Torah needs to have, needs to be preceded by Bichas well not psukim. p'sukim anunim, like Slichas, technically speaking, may not require a Bichas before you say them, because they're not, you not, they're not being said as Torah, they're being said as Tfilah. But the Mishnah Bura, the Chafiz Chaim, writes: before one says, what should I really be saying, to make sure that you've said and therefore all these psukim are are, are following on from your bracha, and therefore even if there are an element of toya to it, you've you've said beforehand. Thinking in learning. Thinking in learning. That means not actually speaking, learning out, but thinking in learning. Is a discussion whether you need to say bichesatayor or not. The shulchan aruch the Mechaba, says you do you do not need to say. It. So if you wake up in the morning and your mind immediately starts thinking and learning, that's fine. You do not need to say bichesatayor. The gone held the Vilna gaon held that you should say bichesatayor even on here. And the reason why the Mechaba, the shulchan aruch you don't need to say bichesatayor when you're just thinking is because bichesatayor was introduced for a type of learning that is comparable to the learning of Matan Torah, at the time of the giving of, of the Torah. The giving of the Torah last week in the Seder was given by Akadosh Baruchun, it was B'koyl, it was said with a loud voice. So we could hear every word of the Aserah Adibris. Therefore, the true Limu Torah, which epitomizes Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah, is a Torah that said loud. And therefore Chazal introduced the Baruchah only on a Torah which is said loud, not on a Torah which is said which is not expressed, which is only in thought. Well, that's how Rabbi Vega explains the halacha. The Villagon learns, but it says in the passage of a Hagisa, boy, you should be thinking about Torah. They should be in your thoughts. But day and night, therefore there's an obligation to think Torah as well. And therefore on that there's a bracha too. Listening to Deverei Torah, hearing Deverei Torah, requires you to say bracha. According to everybody, because that's not called thinking, that's called Hearing a speak a, a spoken word of Torah that's proper proper Torah that's similar to matan Torah and therefore you need to say a bracha. Writing the Torah is a, a discussion in the Paskim. The Shulchan says you need to say a bracha of bichat Torah when you write the But there are other achrayim who say only speaking needs a bracha. Writing does not need to have a bracha. So, if a person wants to get up early in the morning and write before he goes to dawn, he should first say sa say some tawir, which he would say anyway. He'll say yivrechcha and and the mishnah of elu Devarim. and then he can then he can write and he fulfills his obligation of, of of bracha without any problems. This is relevant for somebody who's a scribe a sefer, who's writing a sefer tayra. Does he have to say a bracha? before he writes or not. So ideally, if a seif is writing early in the morning, he should be spelling out the words as he's writing. That way he's reading words of Torah aloud, at least at the beginning, and then, they, then, he, then he needs to say B'chisat Torah beforehand, and that gets him, gets him out of the obligation, or it gets him out of the sophic of whether he needs to say B'chisat Torah or not before writing. Sleeping at night is called a hefsuk. And therefore, when a person sleeps at night, he, through the night, he needs to say B'chisat Torah again in the morning. That's why we repeat every single morning. We repeat every single morning because we've had a break of sleeping at night. If a person doesn't sleep at night, then he hasn't had that break. And therefore, we do not say if we're up all night. Sure, this morning, we slept, we didn't sleep at night, so we don't say However, there are some who say that a morning, even if you didn't sleep at night, requires you to say But we ask him that only if you slept at night you say b'chisatayu. If a person slept during the day, a shinas kwa not a shinas arad, I mean, he got into bed and went to sleep for half an hour plus, that's a machlokis, whether that is called a hefzak or not. And therefore we, the halacha, do not say a bracha if you sleep during the day. And we don't say b'chisatayu if he didn't sleep at night. But here's an interesting combination. If a person slept during the day but didn't sleep at night, then says Rabbi I've got a combination of two opinions who say that you do need to make a bracha. The first opinion is, once the night's gone by, even if you haven't slept, you need to make a bracha. Though we don't pasken like that. But there's another opinion who says if you slept during the day, you also need to make a bracha. If you combine the two, then if you slept during the day, even if you didn't sleep at night, you would make bichasatoy in the morning. And that's how we pasken, that's the minute that we have. Anybody who slept, Arab Shurus in the afternoon, and then learned through the night shurus, can say bichasatoy in the morning. When we explained a few moments ago that birchas is a birchas When we explained a few moments ago birchas is a birchas we have a little problem with that. If it's a birchas we know that if I put on, if I shake my lulav and I put my lulav down, I come back. Okay, lulav is not a good example. If I make a bracha my talis and I put a talis on and then I take it off and I come back a few minutes later and I want to put my talis on again, I need to make a new brocha. I can't say that my original bracha is sufficient for the second wearing of my talis because I've made a break. So here I get up in the morning, I say bechasatoyah and I say uh, some toyah straight away. My toyah shabiksab, my toyah shabab peh. But then I go to work. When I finish work, I will, throughout, throughout my day in work, I don't open the safe. I'm busy working. And when I come home, I go to the base of register to learn for my kvias and my evening kvias. I don't make the bracha bechasatoyah again. Why don't we say that my going to work is a break in bechasatoyah? Why is it not have so? And here Teisus comes out with a very interesting Khidish And he says, every Jew understands that there's nothing else in life other than his commitment to learning, his commitment to Torah. Going to work is because I need to work. But it's only so that I can have Panosa so that I, my family can have Panosa so that I can serve the British Elim in a better way. So even my daily activities, all my daily activities, all part of Torah, a person is never Messiah Das, he never allows his mind to wonder away from learning. Even if he's not actually learning, but his mind should never wander away, never does wander away. Because a good Jew always understands that every aspect of his life is there for the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is there for Torah and to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore it's not considered a hesa chadas, it's not considered his mind wandering, and therefore there's no break. And the b'chisat Torah in the morning is sufficient for the rest of the day up until the time when he goes to sleep. Somebody didn't say b'chisat Torah in the morning, can fulfill his obligation of biches atayr by saying ahava rabo in biches kishma because ahava Rabba is a bracha of tayr. So to teach us t'ayr. So we're making a bracha to Agudas on tayr. And so to an evening when you say ahava s'ylum, which we say in biches kishma the evening. that Abba Rabbah or the Abbas Olam, can be in place of B'chis Ha-toye. However, as we said earlier, B'chis Ha-toye needs to be followed immediately by Limit then the moment you finish Dabnik, you're going to have to say a piece of learning, so that the Abbas Olam, or the Abba Rabba will be considered a bracha, which is followed immediately by learning. So if a person didn't say B'chis Ha-toye, but said Abba Rabbah and he learned immediately after, after Tefillah, he doesn't need to say bhichay again. But if he didn't learn after davening, then he has to say Bih again. However, the we do not rely on Ava on rabba as part of Bih So if a person remembered in the middle of Prasukita of Zimra, that he hasn't said Bih Satya, he should say it in the middle of Psychukha Zimra, he should say it then. But in Bihis Krishna, he's not allowed to say Bih but then he has no choice, then he has to fulfil his obligation with Ava Rabba. Or if a person has a sophic, he has a doubt whether he has said briches satir or not, then he should either ask somebody who hasn't said the bracha to say the brachas on his behalf, this is what we do in the morning on, on shavuos, on shavuos morning, if somebody comes in and says briches on behalf of the of the tsebo. or we rely on averabu, and then he should remember to learn straight away after davening. If a person has a suffolk, but there's no one else around, and it's too early before Davni to to, to, to Davon and say, and he's desperate to learn, then he should just say the bracha of Asher because that, says the Shagasari, is the optimum bracha of Bich He should just say that bracha, and then he can sit down and learn. What transpires from what we've discussed till now is something very interesting. The boy who becomes a bar mitzvah the evening says bar mitzvah tomorrow. So tonight is his birthday. If tonight's his birthday then does he need to say b'chus atariyah tonight? Do we say that the b'chus atariyah said this morning as a child is sufficient b'chus atariyah for his learning of tonight. But do we say no? This morning he was a child. He wasn't obligated in the midst of Torah. Tonight he's obligated as an adult in the midst of Torah. So is the bracha sufficient? Is it not sufficient? And that's a huge discussion in the poskim. We find this in the rishonim. We find it with relevance to spheres Saimah, A child who becomes a bar mitzvah in the middle of spheres Saimah. Does he continue the counting of the oema with a bracha? Do we say that the first half of the oema where he was a child and he said the bracha every night? Is that enable him to continue with the bracha as an adult? Or do we say no? Where well, well, he counted as a child, as a child's counting. Now that he's counting as an adult, that's a different set of counting. That's not the same. And if it's not the same, therefore you can't continue with the bracha. And we have this question here with Bichas And some people have the minig that they, t- they instruct their child that they should have the intention to fulfill the bracha of Bichas with Avas when he doubles Mariv. So when he becomes an adult, he doubles Mariv. And he says, He thinks about that bringing his for tonight. And he learns immediately after he finishes Marib. And that way he gets around the doubt, he gets around the suffolk of I'm going to jump now because we're coming, running out of time. And I really would like to, to go through the, the list of of fillers that are relevant for women And as much i would like to have gone to the whole background to the list which we won't have time i'm going to try and find my notes where i have the list of what a woman should say it's as follows so in Hilfestfiller, filler a woman who has a lot of time should say Bichas as we discussed, a woman has to say she should say that's the brachas, the brachas that we mentioned, the 16 brachas that we mentioned, we've been discussing up until now, she should say Pesukah zimra if she can, she should say the first pasha of Krishna, she should say of Emes Vyatsif, and Shmain Esra. So let me repeat that, that's a woman who has time, and wants to fulfill her obligation in its fullest form, she should say Bichas in the morning, every morning, de Zimra. The first Pasha of Shema she doesn't need to say the full Brich Krishna full full Krishma. she doesn't need to say Bhikhis Krishna, she just needs to say the first Pasha of Shema, the bracha of M S Vyatsi, which the bracha which follows on from Krishna and Shmain Esra. If she doesn't have so much time, then she should say Bhikkhusatya, Bhikkhushaka, the first Pasha of Krishna, Emma Yatsiv, and Shman she should miss up Sukhita Zimra. If she has less time, she doesn't have enough time for all of that, she should miss out Bhiksashaka. If she has, doesn't have enough time for all of that, she should miss out Krishna. If she has not enough time for all of that, she should miss out the bracha of MSV Yatsiv. And she should just say, mm-hmm. So as an order of priority, Shemayin Esra is a priority. Then comes MSV Yatsiv. Then comes Krishna. Then comes Bih Sashacha. Then comes Pesukit Zimra. So I should really say like this. Bih Chasateya, Esra, MSV Yatsiv, Krishna that's the first, the first pasha, hashacha and That that is the order of priority that a woman needs to have in her mind when she's davening. Now we must remember the Chaim's wife never davened as long as she had children. the reason oh, that's a good question the reason why krishma is not counted as learning is because the there are many opinions to say that krishma is a tefillah not 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 even though it's a kriya shema there are opinions in the posthum and bishasov and others who say it's not called limiter therefore we have to l- learn again afterwards the the chavitz wife it's well known it's documented when she had little children, didn't doven because she was an oisik b'mitzvah, and she's potter from the mitzvah. So a woman who just doesn't have time, she's busy looking after the home and the house, and her husband and the children, and doesn't have time to doven, then if she's potter, oisik b'mitzvah, potter from the mitzvah, a woman who has a little bit of time, she can manage to find time, Baruch Hashem, today our children are in schools, so there's often a little bit of time, we can push in a, 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 a small dovening, then the preference is, first b'chaz hatayra, sh'mon esra, then emes vi'atzib, then kishma, person has more time, a lot of time, say it all. If you have less time, go through the preference, first from B'chisataya to then Emesvi then Krishma, then shachar, then Pesukit Zimra. There is an order of preference in Pesukit Zimra as well, but we don't have time for that tonight. We're coming to the end of our time, and it would be nice to be able to have another share, but the, the Purim Share is, as as as. as land is arrived on the same day, there's not much I can do about that, and therefore the next in two weeks time there will be a pre shit. so we're not going to be able to go through the detail of the order of, of Pasuket Zimra and the Halachas of Pasuket Zimra and, and uh, the different relevance to how we got to the preference and, and the, the order of Tefillah for a woman that's something which we, should, we, we may have done but we haven't got time now, but at least we've given you the order of preference Briches Krishma, Shemayin Esra sorry, Briches Atayra, na Esra Yatsif, Krishma, Sashacha, and Zimra. that's the preference for Tvila and that works for both weekday and Shabbos, makes no difference Halal is, is something that women should say but that's not the discussion today, we're just discussing plain, normal, everyday Tvila and that's the order of preference, I wish you all a very good night and uh, Hashem, two weeks time there will be a pre-Purim share from Daim Posen. And in four weeks' time, and I know this is going to scare you, four weeks' time is the pre-Pesach Hashem, which hopefully will be live in the Shul Hall, whether it will be on Zoom or not, is up to the Ladies' Guild. We like to have the pre-Pesach live because we can get together. It's nice for at least once a year for all of us to get together for a share and... uh, it'll be in Shul, yes, live in Shul. We hope to get everybody, as many people as possible, because it really gives a chizuk to everybody when we're about to start on the Pesach. I know most of you have probably finished Pesach by now, but not all of us. Some of us haven't yet started. And two weeks before Pesach is when, uh, four weeks before Pesach, that's four weeks' time, we get a little bit more nervous. This way, with Bez Hashem, we can be mechazik each other, and we can, uh, Bez Hashem, get to Pesach calm, get to Pesach without too many worries, and uh, we will be zaychot to see the arrival of when we get to Pesach, the Gula, which Pesach heralds the Gula. Mashiach is supposed to come in the month of Nisan. So we're heading now towards the the time of uh, Gula. B'varchin the Mavachin HaKadosh is this week. Next week is, is Adar already. Mishnechos Adar Ma'avim B'simcha. Simcha is because we're going to head towards Geula. Once we head towards Geula, we get to Pesach. When the Mashiach will come, Rezul Hashem, we will be zeched to see the Geula. B'mherim Rezul HaKariv. And he can come before God, before Adar as well. He can come tonight, come tomorrow. But with Zekhah, we're heading towards a time when we appreciate the Gulam more. We should all be Zekhah to have only simchas in our home, refuas and gazun for everybody, and yeshuas and achamas for everybody. And I wish you all a very good night, and we'll see you back in shul, where is Hashem, in four weeks' time. I do have it, the list written down somewhere. I don't remember exactly where I put it. If I can find it, I will try and give it to you, where is Hashem. If I can't find it, you'll have to forgive me, because I can't imagine I'm going to have a time between now and then to um to... Write it down again, but I may have it in my file somewhere. If I do, I'll really need to give it to you. Have a very good night. Thank you, Ralph. I Amazing. Mean, thank you. Wonderful. Thank chair. you. Very thank much. you. Rabbi Greenberg. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much, Greenberg. Thank you good you. night, Mrs. Shanto. Good night. Is thank it possible it. just to repeat that order of preference? Yes, I can repeat it for you with pleasure. Okay, slowly, please. It's very Yes. So the first is Bechas Atayra. Bechas Atayra, Thank you. Then Shmoin Esra. Thank you. Tell me when you've got it written down, and I'll carry on. Ms. V. Yatsiv. Ms. I'll well, just write the first word, thank you. MS, yeah. that's the, the last bracha of Bichas Krishma. Then, the first part of Krishma, Krishma and Bahafta. Krishma, Bahafta as well. Yes, the first part, well, yeah, or just Krishma, but you can say Bahafta as well, yeah. And yeah. then, Bichas Hashacha, that's the 16 sukkah, the 16 uh-huh. brachas in the morning. Yes. And then, sukkah, then, pasuket, then pasuket de Zimra. Thank you. Um, may I just ask a very quick question? Of course you can. If one sleeps during the day fully clothed yeah. uh, for half an hour or more, is one obligated then to do another Nagelvasa, you wouldn't have tax and the parts that are normally covered because you're fully dressed, just resting. So we discussed it a few weeks ago and a few shroom ago that Nagelvasa during the day, sleeping during the day is a huge makhlukas. Uh, and if you're wearing if you're fully dressed then for that reason you won't need to and for the Ruach Ra, which goes on your hand maybe also not but because it's a machlekas, so we just wash why not thank you thank you have a very good night